Hey guys, what's up? Irish Emerald here. Welcome to another episode of the Core Chat Podcast, where again I am joined by OP Jellicent. What's going on, everyone? I'm the OP Jellicent, and yeah, this is going to be the last one for a few weeks, I think. You want to elaborate on that, Irish? Yeah, so basically, guys, I'm going on vacation. I'm going away for a few weeks, uh, roughly two and a half weeks, so there's going to be a bit of a you know, break uh, between uh, this podcast and the next one. Apologies for that, that's all on me. So, uh, we should, we have a good bit to talk about today, though. So it's not, yeah, you know, we got a good amount. Yeah, so you're going to get a bit of bang for your buck, even though you know you're, you're getting this for free. But <laughs> you're going to be getting a good bit of content today to be able to enjoy, and that should be good. And um, uh, and as well, that's the main reason why this one's being uh, published so soon after the previous one, because me being away, there's no point having a huge gap and what have you. We said I, we said um, we squeeze one more episode in for you guys, and then you can. Uh, eagerly tell us um or eagerly await for us to come back for our next episode which should be awesome exactly yeah yeah Brilliant. we'll have a lot to talk about when he gets back so that should be exciting oh yeah most definitely uh mm -hmm. on the agenda today you guys we have my first hashtag hot take for this podcast um we've again no small news to actually properly discuss um which is very unfortunate it kind of kills yeah, the buzz a little bit for small gun I think there will be tier changes this month, but they just haven't come out yet. But unfortunately, we got to get this done now. So we're yeah. going to wait on that. We're going to wait on that, unfortunately. I sh we should also yeah. note, guys, that we are not going to be discussing the, the Nintendo Direct that's actually happening this week because we are recording we are recording this before the Direct. So there'll be no Direct fallback. Exactly, or... yeah. The Direct is until like another six hours from now. So, yeah. so sorry about that, guys. It's just, it's just the way it is. We're not going to be able to uh, cover that. So... You know, that's not going to be on the agenda today, but with no small amount of news, depending on how long I do ranting, my little rant for my hot, hot take, we might have a small discussion because I have something that I could, I might quiz Jelly on, but if we don't, if, if I take too long, we're just going to skip over it. Then after that, we're going to have our draft leagues, going to have the UBL, WBE, BBL, and we're also going to be discussing the Eon World Tournament, which is a new draft league that has just started this week as well. So we're going to discuss it on Eon that. World Trophy, but yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's it. If you haven't checked out the EWT draft recap and week one battle that is on this channel over on YouTube, then I don't know what you're doing. You may go check that out right now before you even start this podcast and go from there. And a really that, solid game. Really yeah, solid game. Go ahead and check that out. And last but not least, we'll also be answering some of your guys' Twitter questions that you gave us as well. Thank you guys so much for your for the questions. And again, as always, if you have any questions, feedback, any of that good stuff, let us know at at, at the core enforcers at Irish Emerald at OP Jellison. let one of us know we'd love to hear back from you or in our discord server um, and of course the general feedback for the podcast where well, we always want to hear that but with all that house uh, keeping stuff out of the way I think we might as well dive into it exactly yeah let's go perfect alright brilliant so we're going to start off with my hashtag hot take this week it's going to be my first one Jess, uh, OP had his first one last week where he was discussing the um Back and forth between small gun and drafty players. If you are interested in that conversation, definitely check out uh, episode six. Um, definitely go check that out. But my hot take, and uh, OP doesn't know any of this. I've been keeping it real hush hush. But my first hot take, right, uh, for this show is that the Pokemon Company and Game Freak have failed this decade as a console create uh, game development comp uh, tandem. That is my kind of hot Ooh, take. They, they have failed, right? Now, you could describe failure in multiple different ways. 
But what I'm going to do, you guys, I'm going to give you guys some facts as to where they have not failed. And I'm going to discuss where they have failed and where they have kind of dropped off and where they have dropped the ball over the previous decade. So, of course, you know, 10 years, I'm going to go from uh, 2010 to 2019 this year. Uh, I'm, that's where we're going to go with. And I'm going to kind of basically give you guys my, uh, my take on why they're a failure. Because I firmly believe that Game Freak and Pokemon when it comes to creating console games, has completely and utterly dropped the ball and has failed. So, I'm going to dive into some figures for you guys, because a lot of um, you guys... Might be, oh, go on. Yeah, I'm just going to I'm just gonna say, I'm just going to let Irish rant about this at first, like he did. He just let me rant about the whole competitive thing for last week's hot take. I want to see what he has to say first before I add on to anything here, so take it away, man. Perfect, perfect. So, I'm going to go into, like, where they have not failed, and they have not failed... Well, I suppose it depends on your perspective, but for me, they have not failed when it comes to critical reviews, right? So the critics would argue that Pokemon as a gaming company have not failed when it comes to creating console games. Now, I'm talking between the 3DS, 2DS and the Switch. Those are the consoles I'm talking about for the, this decade. X and Y was probably the, the what's it called, is the, big, the best game that they created was in 2013. Uh, it got the highest ratings. Of all the games by the critics, it got 9 out of 10 by IGN, 9 out of 10 out from Eurogamer, and 8 out of 10 from GameSpot, and 87 from Metacritic. It was the highest rating game throughout. Um, probably the, the lowest scoring game, depending on the critics, was probably going, it was either Let's Go or Aura. So it was one of those that actually had the, the lowest score, depending on the critic you would go for. But on average, it was more or less uh, Let's Go uh, Pikachu and Eevee that had the lowest critical score. Now, their lowest critical score was given by IGN for Aorus, which was 7.8. So 7.8 out of 10 was their lowest score, which would be, you know, for a lot of gaming companies, if they were able to consistently get between 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, or, you know, rough, rough, it's roughly 8 out of 10 or 85 out of 100 that they roughly score. Most gaming companies, if they can hit that, that's a massive success. That's brilliant. But I am talking from where they started from X and Y to where they have now, they have regressed. As a, as a game development company. They have regressed. They have gone backward. They have nowhere near the same um, development skills that we have seen when it comes to creating a video game for myself, for Jellison, and for you guys listening at home to actually enjoy. Because the high, highest critical game was X and Y, and they have not produced a game of Silver Calibur. Uh, I believe Eurogame had Sun and Moon as 10 out of 10. So I might, uh, if I know that I look at my notes, so I might be mis mistaken, but across the board, X and Y was hot more high, hot, hotly rated than Sun and Moon. So when it comes to critics, they're fine. Absolutely fantastic. And if you were looking at the sales figures for uh, for Pokemon throughout the throughout the last decade, you would say they've done absolutely fantastically well. Um, you look at throughout the games um, uh, that they've created. Um, I'm, I'm not talking about the remakes, like uh, I'm not talking about Red, Blue, uh, Crystal remakes that they just put onto the as a soft copy, I'm talking about the, the main headline releases that they've polished up and made it for the 3DS and for the Switch. So you look at X and Y, that was that was their most sold copy, 16.4 million copies. Uh, after that was Sun and Moon at 16.16. Aorus, which is 14.21 million copies. Um, and obviously, like the remakes always do worse than than the originals so it was always going to be the case where remakes were never going to do well as well as x and y but the fact that it is as well as they did showed how popular they were 
They do fall off a cliff though. They really do fall off a cliff. So they went from Pokemon Sun and Moon at 16.16 million copies, their second most popular game of this decade, to Pokemon Ultra Sun Ultra Moon, which had a total of 8.47 million copies sold. So you're talking almost half the amount of games sold for, uh, by a game for a remake. So that's a huge drop. Like considering where X and Y was 16.4 and Aorus was 14.2, the fact that there was over a roughly a 50% drop in sales, that was a huge commercial loss. So clearly they messed up there in the development of Ultra Sun Ultra Moon. They couldn't get a game good enough for fans to be able to want and go purchase that game again. So that was a uh, big failure there on the commercial side of it. Uh, the other Pokemon games worth noting as well, uh, Pokemon only sold 1.16 million copies. Now that could be, that's most likely down to the fact that the Switch was a new console and not many people were going to buy a Switch and then Pokemon. That's understandable. Um, X and Y suffered the first year it came out because the, the, the DS, the 3DS and the 2DS were brand new. So they suffered at the start, but that game obviously you know, was one of the first games that everyone bought when they bought a 2DS or 3DS. So they made it up over the years. But uh, another thing to note though was that Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee only sold 10.98 million copies. So they didn't perform as well as they would have hoped, considering the fact that, you know, you saw X and Y with 12.26 million copies when the, their console was just um, new, brand new, and the fact that ever since then they've been able to produce uh, roughly around four, uh, between 14 and 16 million for most of their major games, bar other Sun Tribune. So when it comes to their commercial success, they've had, you know, they've earned money, like they've gotten back money, but they have teetered off as the decade has gone in regards to how much money and how much copies of their games they're selling. So they're clearly struggling. Like they're going on a downward curve and that's where I'm getting at here. Like they have gotten worse and regressed as the year has gone on. To make a matter worse, right? Pokemon probably leading, uh, especially after 2013 when they released X and Y, was probably in a it's such a good spot that they could have easily pushed to be like... They're one of the main uh, Nintendo brands, but they could have easily pushed to be one of the big ga uh, uh, gaming names. And they've regressed. They've regressed. You could have said that they could have pushed and they could have been a huge name come the end of the decade where no one could have gone without getting a Pokemon game. Um, whereas like so many other games on several different consoles, people just can't go without getting that game. Um, so like they really like they've regressed because another really good fact here was that uh, when you take, uh, I'm going to take the one. What I did is I did a statistic where I took the four, the, the the top four selling games on the on the 3ds, 2ds, which was X and Y, Aorus, Sun and Moon, and Ultra Sun and Moon, and those four hit the top ten in sales. By the way, for the DS, versus the um, versus Mario uh, Mario Kart, which is the highest selling game in, D in in on the DS. By the way, X and Y did not break Mario Kart, so Mario Kart, which is does not have a story. Uh, is mainly just focused on, on online play, sold more than X and Y. So, like, you know, that there's another big negative against what Pokemon couldn't do. They couldn't beat Mario Kart. Um, so Mario Kart, Mario Maker, and Super Mario were three of the Mario games that hit the top 10. But if you uh, look at the average units sold per game that makes the top 10 list, Mario, Mario games sell more per unit when you compare them. So... You know, I think in, uh, across four the, the three games in the top 10 list for the 2DS, 3DS, Mario sell over 14.5 million copies uh, per game, whereas Pokemon would sell 
million copies per game. So Mario, even though they have less games that sell well now, and they have a huge plethora of games on the DS, by the way, their DS library is massive. But I just took the highest selling ones that hit that broke their top ten list. Mario generally, when they produce a big game, outsell Pokemon. So Mario is definitely the number one game over the last decade. Like it's the number one brand on Nintendo. It's their sales reflected. Pokemon, on the other hand, have produced games but have not been able, but have not been able to eclipse Mario. So even though Pokemon are one of the main games on Nintendo, they're not the number one, and they have regressed, whereas Mario have pushed on. So those are the figures. Those are the figures. Uh, so critically, they're good, but commer and commercially they're falling. But where I'm going to really come at here is that they have become a failure. Because I, they, I, they've regressed there, but for me, they've become a failure since X and Y. Because since X and Y, they have not improved their gameplay and their graphics on their 3DS games. So they have not been able to improve where they've come at, where they come from. X and Y produced this beautiful graphic, uh, beautiful graphics on this portable console. We're able to move diagonally. Um, the a lot, a lot of moves that we're able to see in game were look fantastic. Pokemon models look beautiful. But they never upgraded that. They just kept that going from 2013 to, I'm going to say, just before Sword and Shield because Pokemon VGC had the exact same models this year. So between 2013 and mid-2019, they've kept the same models. The same, they kept the exact same graphics and they haven't tweaked it. They haven't changed it. They haven't improved it. They kept the exact same graphics. So they haven't pushed the boundary on what they could do there. They haven't, whereas other new games, when you see a new game, when you see... Uh, like every year you see any of the, main, the big brands they always look to improve some graphical feature whereas Pokemon have not so they've gotten lazy with that so that's a big problem another problem is if you actually look uh, deep dive into the reviews a lot of the reviews start off by saying Pokemon have a, always have the exact same story you're a young character you have to go through battle a beat either all the gyms or all the trials Defeat the evil team, become Pokemon champion, that's it. And all of you just basically say how good of Pokemon uh, Pokemon have done in making you escape reality, go back into this, you know, format and enjoy it like what you did as a kid. They don't actually give any credit for saying how Pokemon has changed the way their, their playstyle is or come up with this brand new feature or made the game way more immersive or had a huge change to the storyline they've had subtle changes no doubt um and i will say sun and moon and ultra sun and moon um they all had like they had the trials but it was roughly the same format like you have to go beat these trials beat the beat the you know the various different pokemon that were uh total pokemon and you know become league champion that was it it was pretty much carbon copy you have your evil team you got to beat the evil team done so they haven't come up with a brand new story. They haven't have refreshed the model. Now I'm not saying that's a big negative, but that's that's a drawback. That is a drawback that they haven't been able to keep it fresh. Graphically, they haven't done anything. They haven't really improved the graphics since uh, since 2013. Um, they haven't been able to keep their fan base particularly happy. Um, you look at their fan base when X and Y was released. There was very little. I'm going to say five percent of people were not happy with where Pokemon was going. Pokemon came out with X and Y, they showed these beautiful graphics, mega evolution. So uh, all the classic Pokemon that people love growing up had these brand new forms. Everyone wanted to go buy it and check them out. Use various different Pokemon like the Mega Zard, Mega Blastoise, Mega Venusaur. They all wanted to use them. Um, so they have all these brand new shiny toys with these beautiful graphics. And ever since uh, 2013, fans have become more and more and more discontent with Pokemon. Um, 
every new game that comes out, there's a growing, growing, growing level of discontent with fans, whether it be um, the Pokemon that are released, the inadequacies with the development of how the game is, uh, competitive Pokemon, uh, various different formats, uh, the latest one being the decks uh, in Sword and Shield. So they've, they've constantly throughout the last decade gotten fans more and more discontent, which is an absolute, which is a big failure. Um, the only thing is, in this decade, they've only produced one error-defining game in X and Y. So 2013. 2013 was their shining light, but they've only produced one error-defining game, and that was X and Y. Um, uh, I, I, I kind of get get the argument, oh, well, sure, that was the first game on the, the new console, and you have to port up consoles. I get it. That's a big challenge. But all the other Nintendo games hit that, took that challenge and su- succeeded, whereas Pokemon have not. Um, ever since X and Y... We see. I, I just pointed out the fi- the commercial figures. We've seen the game slowly regress, uh, and and the level of discontent with fans has been growing and growing and growing. And we do not yet know if Sword and Shield will be a positive error to find a game uh, for the Switch. We don't. We just don't. Um, I'm not certain. I think when X and Y was being announced, that was certain. We knew that this was going to be an error to find a game. We knew that this was going to pull everybody back in that used to play Pokemon to want to go play with it again. But there's no, there's no guarantee this is going to, this is going to be the case with Sword and Shield because there's such, such a huge level of discontent with everybody with the decks. Nobody knows. Like when half the decks has been cut, a lot of people get turned off by it, you know. And we saw probably the highest level of discontent and protest from Pokemon fans when this was announced, and it still is a big issue. So there's no, there's no real thing to say Sword and Shield is going to be a big defining error. The big thing is when we, when you're talking about Sword and Shield. Um, a lot of like the big content creators will say, "Oh, this is graphically beautiful, beautiful graphics. Look at the town here. Look whatever." Anyone who says, "Oh, Pokemon haven't done any graphical work. Look, you should look at this trailer. It's beautiful." This is a lie. This is absolute nonsense. Um, like, yes, the scenery looks fantastic. It's, you know, it's it's well done. Bravo, Pokemon. Lovely. Um, but we saw Zelda do this two years ago, and they won Game of the Year. And I'll come back to that point in a moment. But like this is not something that's unheard of like you, you should be able to do this you know we're not shocked you know this this is great this is great but where the real aces came out from was the fact that oh we don't have new models when we're battling you know pokemon at the end of the day is about catching pokemon and battling pokemon that's the core of the game they didn't bring in new models there's no new models when you battle right now granted everyone say oh but sure you have dynamaxing and all these brand new moves like they need a new designs and yes they look fantastic they look beautiful but your bread and butter stuff, there's not new there, guys. The standard models have not changed. They're the exact same as the war in 2013. Six years later, there's no difference. There's no improvements. Maybe they look smoother. That's about it. There's no real huge change. But when it come, but when you just look at it, other than that, like the moves that people that Pokemon use, the standard moves you see in the trailers themselves. If someone uses tackle, if someone uses something like that, they're standard moves. There's no new graphic. Board. like you know it's all very standard i think there was one clip i saw where somebody did a one of the punching attacks use uh, one, one punch i don't know ice punch mock punch can't remember but it was standard it was the same what has been in sun and moon it was exact same so there's been no improvement there on uh, for the in battling stuff other and the only thing that's been kind of new graphically is that all, all the new stuff looks graphically great but your bread and butter stuff they haven't improved that the bread and butter of the game is not improved since 2013 um the other thing was that I said at the start, uh, 2013 was a huge year for them to really push on and you know make a big name for themselves in the gaming world. To really say we're a big game, you can't you can't go without getting the new Pokemon game. 
right? But that's not the case, right? They've regressed. And some might say, oh, but sure, it's Pokemon. They can't do that. Like, that's you know, unheard of. They, it can't be that. That'd be, it can't be the case. But as I said earlier, Zelda was a huge commercial success, was a graphic masterpiece on the Switch. No one thought it could be done on the Switch. And that won Game of the Year. That was a game that everyone says you couldn't, you cannot go without playing Zelda Breath of the Wild. You can't. You have to get Zelda Breath of the Wild. You have to play it. Okay, anyone who says, oh, I'm going to get a Switch, what should I get? First, thing, first game everyone says is Zelda Breath of the Wild. You have to get it. Okay, Pokemon have, don't have a game like that since X and Y. They don't have it. They don't have it. Everyone said when the DS came out, and you got you got to get X and Y. Got to get it. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. Brilliant game. Looks beautiful. But there's no other game since then, and they haven't really pushed on. And I, you would argue that Zelda has exceeded their expectations and have produced better this decade than Pokemon because they have won Game of the Year. They've done it, and this should not be a thing that Pokemon should say. Oh, let's just. Produce the same old tried and tested format, and we'll get commercial success and we'll be fine. That shouldn't be the case. If they wanted to really push on as a game on a console, they got to look at it and say, right, okay, well, if Zelda can be game of the year, what do we do to become game of the year? Like, what do we have to do? So, I think, you know, as overall, just to kind of wrap up my point, the Pokemon game as a brand on a console, you know, has several faults, and with all the fan critics and discontent, has properly regressed as a brand. On the console, you just don't want to do it anymore. Either it doesn't excite people anymore to go do it. Um, you see across various different other game platforms now, new and old games have been coming out and they've been must plays, you know. And they have probably taken over, like they've definitely taken the spotlight away from Pokemon. Whereas in 2013, the spotlight was firmly on Pokemon to say this is a game you must play. They've there's no spotlight on Pokemon anymore. So I think the game, the Pokemon brand name in the gaming world on consoles is not the same anymore what do you think exactly for sure and um so i have a couple things first of all you were you were not lying when you said you had the numbers for the, to back up this argument i did so a lot of numbers there at the beginning. <laughs> yeah but i have one question before i start you know kind of building on what you said because i agree with a lot of what you said mm -hmm. you were comparing a lot of you know the current implementations of pokemon to Zelda Breath of the Wild, do you maybe think that the fans are setting their standards a little too high considering all the freedom you have when designing a Zelda game, whereas when you're designing a Pokemon game, you need to implement all these gyms, you need to implement certain aspects, whereas with Zelda, you can just do whatever you want, it's open world, right? Do you think mm -hmm. that maybe the standards are a little bit too high? I think the standard for... I think the standard for what people were expecting at the highest level, like they probably assumed that, oh, we want everything. To be beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think that standard was a bit too high. I think that's too high. But I think for the standard that the Pokemon company have landed on is not good enough. Okay, I think there has to be a point right, in between. Yeah. Um, there are definitely many disappointments, but I, I still think people are maybe asking for too much. I don't know. I, I think some people are, but I think over I think overall I could I think you have to agree that they're not getting what they probably want and probably what they should expect. Uh, the big thing I remember, I remember I retweeted this out, I think about a month and a half ago. Uh, there was a graphical college student. He was one year into doing his degree for computer uh, computer graphics. So he was basically you know designing models and getting them to move, what have you. It was one year into this, and this was this was when the Dex course has just been announced uh, a few weeks afterwards. And the big argument was Pokemon said we do not have this the manpower nor the skill nor we just don't have the resources to put all the Pokemon into the game. We just don't. They, that's what they said. And this college student, one year into his degree, 
uh, on over two days managed to get uh, construct a wingle mod a wingle model from scratch from total scratch designed it himself got it moving so as it would in a battle you know the exact same movement as you know you would see in sun and moon got the exact same movement yeah. going and he also had it so that the wingle moved out in the wild and was able to turn we we haven't seen any pokemon turn when they popped up in the wild in any trailer yet every pokemon kind of moves in one direction this guy this wingle had a slow turn he didn't just move for forward and just did a sharp turn left he did a gradual turn around so this one year college student managed to do this over two days with one pokemon there should be no reason why this could not be done by a team of qualified experienced professionals who have had years to do this for over 900 pokemon now granted it's over 900 pokemon this is a huge number but they have a huge team with a, a huge experience they, and they could they easily have five people doing different parts of that whole model you know throughout or whereas this uh, and this guy had one year experience in and not fully qualified and was able to do this over two days this like you would imagine that these people would be able to do it over an hour two hours you know and uh, of their first version of it so for me i think that they dropped the ball graphically i totally agree what you said that probably the standard's been set too high because of zelda but I think the standard po- that Pokemon set is far too low. That's interesting. I think they're probably straight up lying to us at that point, right? If this one person with one year of experience managed to get that done in two days, mm-hmm. with their entire team, they could easily knock it out. So yeah. why would they say that they can't, right? That makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm assuming that they had to have certain amount of testing done in-game to, to remove any bugs by a certain date yeah. so that they can put this into production and then have it out by, by the November timeline. I mean that's what happened, but it's a gross mismanagement. And to be and even if it even if they were able to scale it down and say okay one month, they should be able to push the release date up by a month and it shouldn't affect anything. Or they should be able to at least say right okay you can have all the Pokemon available to you via the the new Pokebank by January January thirty first. Yeah, exactly so, like Sun and Moon. Yeah, so there's been no like. Again, there's a huge reason why I don't believe Sword Shield is going to be an error-defining game because there's huge flaws with this. Huge flaws with this that they've announced and there's been nothing to curtail it. You can listen to all the big content creators talk about how how excited they are for this game and they can't wait for it. The reason why they're saying that, guys, is you know their livelihood depends on this. Like They produce Pokemon content, so they got to say this is going to be fantastic. They're going to get the game early from Pokemon, so they got to say it's fantastic. No matter what, they have to put a positive spin on things. This is... The fact of it is, is that they've dropped the ball on us here, and this is not the first time they dropped the ball on us this week, uh, this decade. They've dropped the ball on us several times this, de- this decade. So that's where we're at with that. Have you? What else have you got to say about about it, Bud? Well, I mean, this is kind of going on a little bit of a side path, but I'm really excited to see what they show us tonight and whether it can actually build or even counter what we've had today like what aspects do you think would actually make up for the disappointment that we have you know experienced so far is there anything do you think they can reveal to oh. actually you know make this a success at this point or i oh, i i i'm a firm believer that i'm a firm believer that the like the largest part of this content is from the dex cut right easily yeah okay, the biggest e- easily okay i i'm a firm believer if they if they've announced something to say that we're going to have every Pokemon available to players by the end of January. Something like that. I think this is a huge help, right? Because 
yeah. And it's not just a huge help for their commercial success. This is a huge help for every other path that they will have as well. Because bear in mind, folks, their VGC they for VGC they use the main, they use a game for two years roughly. Um, so they're gonna ha- and they normally use the first year where they have uh, only Pokemon native to that game are now play. And the second year, the second cycle of that game, uh, it's it's every Pokemon bar, you know, a select few that aren't now being played, right? So, for their own VGC, that they they will need to release more Pokemon. Otherwise, they're going to have the same meta for two years, and that's not good for, you know, that's not good for VGC. So, I think they, I think it's not just like for fan appeasement that they need to do. I think down the line they're going to have to do it. Otherwise, they're going to have to release a second game, uh, November twenty twenty. And we'll probably have to dip our pockets in to get just a full dex in the same region, mm-hmm. like what we did. I'm curious though. Story. So you, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, you've no, been no, mentioning there's a downward spiral regarding the numbers, right? The numbers are getting lower every single game, right? Yeah. Do you think that we could potentially see for I don't know if this is the first, would be the first time or not, if they give us the full dex in the mm-hmm. second game, whether it's a remake of another generation, whether it's a sequel of Sword and Shield, do you think we could see higher numbers for that game than Sword and Shield if they have the entire dex in that one? I think you will definitely see in the first fiscal year. So the first fiscal year is the first year that the game is fully out available. Yeah. I think you will see for the first fiscal year that this will out. This will. I think it will be it because. I I I'm, I don't believe it'll be a Sword and Shield two or whatever. I th- I reckon it's going to be a Diamond and Pearl remake, and I think that will always that will attract a lot a lot of people, uh, and I think that will that will eventually perform. Sword and Shield because people will, it's going it's going to suffer from the same thing X and Y did so X and Y in the first fiscal year sold 12.26 million units but they only sold that much because not, the DS wasn't re- uh, the DS wasn't fully available like not everyone had a DS that wanted to get it and most people who bought the DS specifically bought it to play X and Y I don't think most people buy the Switch to play Sword and Shield they're going to buy the Switch because they just want a Switch to play other games so I think yeah, Sword and Shield okay. will not do as well because of that. And then when Diamond and Pearl remakes come out, then that game will outshine Sword and Shield because people will want to buy the Switch to potentially play that game. And I think that's where Crux of it comes from. You know, that'd be my I could take see on. it, but I, I, could, I find it interesting. This could actually, I mean, obviously the dex cut sucks, but... If the Pokemon company sees these numbers and sees the fluctuation for when they include the decks or not, they may never do something like this again, and that could potentially be a good thing. If yeah. they see that people want the Pokemon and that's all they care about, they may actually acknowledge what the fans want for once, and you never know. You never know. You never know. Uh, I'd ho- I hope. I I hope they they do something. I I do. Uh, and I yeah. think I and like going back to your earlier question, is there anything that they, the Pokemon company can do to maybe change it around for Sword and Shield? I honestly do believe. Add in the decks, or even at a later date, add in the decks. That that changes. I'm going to say, forty percent of the community right now are proper discontent and not happy with Pokemon. Right, the new the upcoming Sword and Shield games. I would say if they did that, there's probably only going to be around fifteen ten percent that's going to be properly unhappy with Pokemon, Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge exactly. that's that's a huge turnaround. And being being uncontent discontent, and to being more eager to play a game is a huge difference especially if you're someone who doesn't own a switch if you don't own a switch you're not going to be too heavily pushed to buy sword and shield right now if you are not happy with the decks you just won't be so be interesting to see how it goes but i think overall they've regressed they 
I like for, at 2013 they were probably in a great position to become one of the flagship games that people could, cannot do without. And you can see why they were they were turning up more games because they wanted to do that. They wanted they were turning up more games because they were trying to be one of the flagship uh, games that people always want to buy. But as you can tell by the numbers, guys, eight point four seven million for Order Sun and Moon versus sixteen point one six for Sun and Moon. Not like you. They, they dropped the ball. They dropped the ball, and it, this argument to say, "Oh, everyone's going to buy a Pokemon game." This argument is myth. It's absolute myth. When fifty percent of people, roughly fifty percent of your sales have dropped between games, this is a myth. Mm-hmm. Don't believe this myth that all oh, people will always buy Pokemon. This is this is wrong. The numbers say. If anybody says these people who are complaining about the national dex cut are going to buy the game anyway, Pokemon, it's it's not true. It's literally not going to no, happen. It's not true. And there's the numbers, guys. You can look it up. It's on Nintendo's website. If you Google it, the numbers don't lie. People will not buy a game that they're not keen on. Yeah, people saw Ultra Sun and Moon, and they saw there was basically no difference. They added a few Ultra Beasts and, uh, like, what, the Rainbow Rocket story? People yeah, were not yeah. happy with just that, and the numbers showed. Yeah, simple as that. And I guarantee, and there's more discontent for Sword and Shield than there is for Ultra Sun and Moon. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. But uh, that's all my points. Uh, have you got anything else to add to this, bud? I think we covered all of it. I don't think there's really anywhere else to go from here besides, you know, just seeing what they actually give us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they give us. Uh, you guys listening, let us know what you think about this. Uh, let, if you're listening on YouTube, let us know in the comment section down below. If you're listening on any on any of our other uh, podcast areas like Spotify, Anchor, um, Apple Podcasts, or whichever um, medium you're listening on, let us know uh, either on Twitter or Discord as well what you guys think about this. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on it. This is a really good talk. I'm actually really glad you didn't tell me that you were covering before we started today. Like, I sort of got to build my viewpoint as you were, you know, adding things into the discussion. Mm, Yeah, exactly. So you got to mix it up. Got to keep you on your toes, man. Got to keep you on your toes. Yeah, it's also (laughs) nice to mix up because it wasn't competitive related. So that was really cool. Some different, nice little twist uh, to this week's. So that should be good. Uh, Right. So we move on. Um, we were actually covering that for a while. So I think what we'll do is we'll skip over the small gun stuff that I I had one small topic I was going to discuss with you, Jelly. But I think since because we're a good bit in, we might just skip that uh, today. Yeah. And uh, that's cool. Yeah. We watch if small gun does give us anything by the time we sit back down again to play uh, to do this, I'll chat to you about it then. So that should be mm-hmm. fine. Right. We're gonna move on to the draft leagues and. I think what we'll do is after that I'm, try- I'm trying to compose myself after doing all that big massive talk. I can hear you trying to you know just calm down regarding yeah. that. <laughs> zen, zen. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the or draft leagues. I want to talk. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about UBL. I was thinking, oh, it'd be nice to calm down, but we're going right into UBL. But there's no, we're not going to be calm during. No this, calming down there. There's no calming down here. Um, if you, if you guys haven't checked out the semi-finals, definitely do so. Um, our very own OP Jealous was in it as uh, as one of the semi-finals before we talk to Jealous uh, OP about his semi-final I want to talk about uh, Vepsis versus Diet. yeah what did you think I want to get your take on this first Ooh, you want me to talk about this so I did watch through this entire game I think there was one crucial mistake Dai made and that was not anticipating the Gliscor to come on on Lando earlier in the game I think had he Swords Dance and gotten that Z move off right then and there he would have been in an amazing spot just to break with his full health Lando, but I mean, he I don't know what play he made. I think he either went for rocks or U-turn, but that SD Supersonic Sky Strike could have made all the difference, but mm-hmm. he just didn't click that button and it was really sad. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, 
I kind of thought the game went as we predicted last week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought it went exactly as what we predicted. Um, when we looked at the matchup, like we both agreed that a load of muck is just going to do so much work, um, to Dice team, uh, and just get the the chip. That Vepsis always needs because Dai only has one reliable switch in, in that being Lando, and it was just, it was kind of the case where we caught, we said it last week, you know that's not going to be good enough. That's going to be a huge problem, and Dai then you know struggled because Primarina went down, to, uh, got uh, you know massive damage off on it, uh, massive damage off on the decidue from the Lodomuk. I did Lodomuk did so much work that by the time Mega Galay came in. You know, the game was effectively over because all the chip damage and all the work had been done by a load of muck. It was insane. And it was very standard Vepsis set. It was a very plain, yeah. normal Vepsis set. Nothing wild. It was the berry, excuse me, the berry and the recycle, which Vepsis is very popular in using when he has a load of muck. So this was not something that was, you know, wild. It was something that should have been prepped for a bit better. So I was very disappointed in Die, And I was very disappointed with that. He brought SD Lando. I thought SD Lando was kind of it's kind of his go-to thing. I thought maybe had he used a more pivot Lando. Now, granted, as you said, if he had SD in front of Gliscor and take the Z move, you know that would have been a big help. But I would have thought that maybe having a more utility Lando to be able to maybe potentially come in and out for uh, a load of muck a lot better might have uh, been the better option for Die. And then late, then later on in the game, have the either a Gigalith or a Stoutland the Gigalith Stoutland combination because remember we said that Vepsis doesn't have a normal resist would have been good yeah. then to have that in the back and for Stoutland to clean up but he didn't bring he didn't do any of that he didn't bring in his uh, Stoutland which had a really good matchup or the Gigalith so I was kind of a bit disappointed in Dai in, on his side of things whereas I thought Vepsis just did what Vepsis does and I didn't think Vepsis was under yeah. any immense pressure in the game at all. I think that's where Vepsis is really just is a leagues ahead of the competition. You will realize, even if it's not unique prep, right? Alola Muck is a super standard set this week, but he will recognize this goes in and he will execute it perfectly, whether it's, you know, having the correct coverage, having the mm-hmm. correct supporting components. Mm-hmm. He will know how to support that Alola Muck to pick up multiple kills. Mm-hmm. He knew Palaswine was a good pivot next to it, and mm-hmm. I think that's really well Vepsis shines right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. It was really good. It was really good. Yeah. And I have to, like, I thought Vepsis... I didn't think Vepsis had to get out of third gear for this game. I don't think he played at his highest level. He only, he only had to stay in third gear and managed to beat Dice. So, look, it is what it is. Um, obviously, massively disappointed that uh, Dai butchered my team. Uh, <laughs> I gave him the God Squad. He ruined it by making changes. Had he not made the changes, he would have had several switch-ins to a Lola Muck. Like, shocking. Absolutely shocking. The man can't organise a piss up in a brewery let alone win a draft league right call it as it is shocking absolutely shocking I would have been Vepsis Jelly tell you right now I would have been Vepsis if I had my old team you would have been Vepsis would have been um, Vepsis I have a different opinion regarding that I would have beaten Vepsis easily man I would have had my mega hair across there brought it in boom easy right reliable switching to mega to Lord of Muck. no problem um no problem. So there's a Gliscor on that roster? I don't yeah, know if you so what? So what? I'm a, it's a freaking Mega Heracross. I don't care about any Gliscor. Get out of here, right? What's a Gliscor to a Mega Heracross? I just go in, I'll force him to switch out, make the read, bullet punch, Gliscor comes down to half. Easy, you know? Job. You know? Don't be giving me this Gliscor nonsense, you know, right? I would have been a well, Maybe somebody should have stuck around to prove it, huh? I should, well, you know something? I was being nice to somebody, right? And they butchered my kindness, 
okay, and just threw it right back in my face. That's what I'm calling it now. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> I would I would have beaten him. I would have beaten him. It's calling it right back. All right, all right. I, I believe you. Don't worry. Good, good. Right. <laughs> do you want to cover the other game? I do. I want to. All right, so I want to cover you and uh, Slacking. I want to give huge props to Slacking, even though he lost. Spoilers. Um, but even though he lost, I thought... I talked to Ellie. Now, buddy, you were in big, you were in big trouble here. You were in big, I, I, big I, I, trouble. He nearly had me. I yeah, I think I think he had you bar him choking. Honestly, I he was. You yeah. are not in a good spot. And just to clarify, yeah, even no matter what we say right here, nothing can really make up for the fact. That I, I still did get lucky early on, despite his misplays after that point. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it was definitely his misplays that really killed it because. Um, if any, uh, like I'll just I'll just give a quick breakdown of the game. Um, Jenny brought a, to- a toxic boost, uh, Zangus, and of course that boosts uh, Zangus quick at- uh, attack. You know, uh, attack. So quick attack and facade from Zangus become massive, massive problems that they hit really, really hard. And from the start of the match, Slacking knew, oh, this is a problem. He's- he isn't bringing Zangus just to fill a roster. Like this is toxic boost. Or poison boost, whatever the name of the ability is, uh, Sangus. He recognized the threat. Because uh, he got chip, uh, chip away on uh, Jelly's team, he knew he, ha- he had certain Pokemon that he wanted to, he was willing to do 1v, uh, 1v1 trades for. And he got to the position where he had rocks up on Jelly's side of the field. Zangus uh, was to- uh, and Zangus was in the back, and he knew, and he had answers for Zangus, and he had ways to be able to start out with Zangus and eventually win the game. But. Our good, dear friend Slacky choked uh, on a couple of plays. He could have stalled out the Toxic on Sangus a little bit. Uh, Crowbat came in. Scar Crowbat came in at one point. Uh, was going to defog. Uh, and kind of Slacky knew. Or if he goes for defog and I discharge. You know I'm going to lose the game. And uh, that's exactly what I did. He just made a mistake. So he not only did Slacking choke once. He choked twice on two plays. And uh, our dear friend Jenny. You know just ruins his life. And picks up the W. <laughs> Yeah, that was one scenario I was actually really scared of, the discharge. Because had he Volt switched into the, into the Whimsicott that turn, mm. I had two attacks left with Zangus with the rocks out of the field. If he switches out into the Rotom Wash and my quick attack, mm. he would have actually been able to take the facade, but then I would die to Toxic and lose. So mm-hmm. he could have forced a 50-50 scenario even after all that choke, but yeah. he didn't even do that. Yeah, oh, no, he, had, he had several plays. Like Slacking had a several plays still left uh, before he did his second choke. It wasn't like the first choke was bad. But it was recoverable. The second choke was just too late and it just cost Slacking the game. Which was very unfortunate because I thought he played brilliantly until he, he tilted at that point. And when he tilted, he tilted very badly. So, unfortunate for him. Big learning experience. Um, I thought he played brilliantly until that point. Uh, I thought his prep was quite, it was good, it was solid. He knew what to do, but you just can't make those mistakes, man. And get, get away with it. It's just the way it is, unfortunately. Exactly, yeah. And I think um, if one really cool play could have been if he, I don't know if you, you watched the entire battle, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. It would have been really cool had he anticipated me to scout for the Z-move by switching out into my Megalatios, gone for the regular attack that turn, and then fired off the Z-move when Zangus came back in. That would have been, mm. like, it would have been such a risky maneuver, but it was such a guaranteed win had he pulled that off. But yeah. I completely understand why he wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. I don't blame him for popping the Z-move when he did because... Had he not, and you got to protect off, you know, he was in big trouble. So he had to, you know, I I understand where he was coming from there. And he was in the winning position. He didn't need to risk, go too risky yeah. in this place. He was already in the winning position. He, 
if he's moves through my protect, the game is over right then and there. Even if I sack, he still has outs, which obviously he kind of messed up. But yeah. they were there. They were there. They were there. Like, he had adequately had Pokemon in the back to deal with the Zangu. So, unfortunate for him. Braid for our own uh, Jenny. So, you know, that's, you know we won't... We're not going to mourn the uh, the luck or say it was anything like that. You know, the better player won. <laughs> and we'll just go on from there. <laughs> wow. Straight up, you just sit in the bedroom. You can't just, just do that. I, I just did. <laughs> All right. I, no hate, but I, I, I genuinely think I'm the more consistent player in draft. I don't think I was better in that particular game, but I think as a whole, I play more consistently. That's just all I'm going to say about that. Better players play consistently, man. You know? Just yeah, saying. I butchered that saying. game big time. Like, just I had saying. to rely on hacks and everything. But Yeah, yeah but, but you won, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. But... So, those are the two semifinals. Um, then that leaves the finals being uh, OP Justin and Vepsis. Uh, I won't ask you to go too much into this, man. Um, because, obviously, you're prepping for it. You don't want to create spoilers Vepsis happens to be listening to this as well. He might change his game plan. So I'm not going to ask too much of you. Um, and I'm not going to ask like who you think the biggest threat are, uh, threats are, whatever, what, what have you. I think that'd be a bit too unfair on you. Yeah. <laughs> at this at this point, um, I'm just going to say, guys, it should be it should be a cracker. Um, I'm I just give a bit of, a bit of hype. Um, what's called? Um, OP, you bet Vepsis earlier on in the season, didn't you? Yeah, I did. There was a pretty crucial freeze in that game, but I think even had that freeze not happened, it would have been a 1-0 either way. Whether it was a 1-0 in my favor or 1-0 in his favor, mm-hmm. there was also a crucial roll, but it was, the point is it was still a really solid first game, one way or the other. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, like, you know, very close game in regular season. Uh, Jay finished 8-2, and two, whereas Vepsis finished 7-3, and three, but Vepsis finished with a much higher differential of 17 versus Jelly's 13. So, uh, when even Vepsis... 27. Would, yeah. 13. Yeah, so when Vepsis wins, he wins big, but our boy Jenny is well able to stop him from actually winning big. So it should be very, very interesting. Um, obviously, we've seen Vepsis use a lot of muck massively, so it should be, it'd be interesting to see how he comes up with it. And Megaglade has been his big, big, um, what's called offensive threat. A big offensive threat here. Uh, so there's definitely stuff that you gotta watch out for in that department. Uh, whereas Jelly, there's, he's had like you know several different things go for him, right for him this season, um, and it, it should be a really good, interesting matchup. Uh, speed tier wise, all seem to be kind of there. They're roughly there, but both teams uh, have elite speed. Both teams have you know all the different speed tiers kind of t- ticked off. They all have answers to each other, so it should be a really good, interesting game. Um, if someone put a gun to my head and asked me who was going to win, I'm gonna go with. Be, com- be completely honest here. I, I don't. I don't mind what you say. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Jelly, and the reason why I'm gonna go with Jelly is I. I don't want to reveal which Pokemon it is, but I see one Pokemon on Jelly's team that I just look at that versus Vepsis team, and it just it does far too much work. So I think I know what Pokemon you're talking about, and I think he knows what Pokemon we're talking I, about too. I, I think so as well. But in the in the internet, we're not gonna say it. yeah, we're not going to say it. Uh, I encourage you guys to go check out both uh, both coaches. I know I'm plugging my own my, my own man here on the podcast here, but uh, I think Jenny will do it because he just has one man in his in a matchup that just does an extreme amount of work, and I think that's going to be that when it comes down to two very talented coaches, I feel like it's the rosters that make the difference. I think that's that's where the difference lies. So it should be really good, and I can't wait to see the final. 
any exactly yeah. any any final words or thoughts going into it, the final this week? Um, I'm gonna try not to play like my fifth semifinals game. I can tell. I'm gonna reveal this right now. Screens are not coming to this game. I suck at using screens, and they're never happening again. But okay. Cool. I, I really want to step up my game here. I really don't want to just you know rely on my opponent messing up like my semifinals game. I think Vetsis mm-hmm. is not gonna do that, and I really gotta be on top of my game. That's really all I have to say here. No, no, no trash talk towards Vetsis. No promo. No nothing. No, I mean I can I can all trash talk all I want after I either lose. But... <laughs> it was all hacks, man. You better so you because of hacks. <laughs> exactly. Burn. You got it there. Parade, parade, parade. Okay. But uh, there was a third UBL discussion you wanted to go through, right? Yeah, I want to ask you, what were your highs and lows and overall review of the UBL this season? That's interesting. So obviously, one of my biggest highs was my five-game win streak at the start of the season, right? I started mm-hmm. off 5-0, oh, beating some of the strongest coaches on the roster, Goldo, a Dragon, Vepsis, Frosted, mm-hmm. Skyrender, who I believe won the D-League, right? Yeah, he did. But that was... So that was a big high for me. Mm. I also love the fact that um, Manaphy is actually super high on the kill leaderboard, which is funny. I think it's actually second next to Vapsis's Mega Gallade, which is pretty interesting right here. It is. Let me have a look here. Oh, where is his stats? He has 19 kills and I have 18 on Manaphy. Exactly. So. Yeah. yeah, so it's very it's very close up there between the Ma- Ma- Manaphy and Mega Gallade. Very, very close. So that's definitely something that i really enjoyed obviously you know manaphy has been on the kill leaderboard under my control in the past and i'm really happy that it got to sort of excel again especially mm-hmm. considering all the unique sets i brought i brought choice scarf manaphy twice i brought assault best manaphy once and mm-hmm. besides that it's been tail glow right but mm-hmm. that's definitely a high for me regarding some of the lows um one of my lows was definitely not getting to finish nine and one i really wanted to beat root in week 10 Mm-hmm. But I knew that I couldn't reveal everything because he could be a playoff opponent now. Mm-hmm. Had I known that he was going to battle Vepsis round one, mm-hmm. I may have just gone all out because I don't see him beating Vepsis. But mm-hmm. that was definitely one of my lowest points of the season, mm-hmm. having to go eight and two. I was still really happy that I finished first seed after Dr. Slacking lost in week 10. But mm-hmm. just the fact that it wasn't a super dominating first seed, right? Like it wasn't nine and one, then seven and three from there. Yeah. That was sort of what fell off for me. Mm-hmm. What would you think of the highs and lows overall this season, for, or like just in general, not just for you? Yeah, so as a whole, I really think, we, we talked about this earlier, but CJ just completely blowing the season away at three and seven was mm-hmm. kind of a really big low as a whole because we want to see the defending champion try to defend it again, right? Yeah. And yeah. the fact that he completely blew it out of the water mm-hmm. in a bad way was yeah. pretty disappointing. Mm-hmm. And what what would be your big high? Other than yourself, now what would be the big high for this season? Um, well, obviously we've also talked about this, but Vets is making playoffs with such a commanding position at second seed after you know going nine and zero in the D League and barely just completely getting robbed of finals. Mm-hmm. Seeing him in the finals again was really cool. Mm-hmm. I think for you, I think you really enjoyed the fact that the person who took over your team finished really strong as well. Listen, so. no, 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 I'm not having that. He didn't finish strong at all, right? It's chip <laughs> or boat or bust, right? Title or bust, okay? Do you know what second gets you? Best runner up. That's what that is. Best loser. Simple as. Damn, you, okay? you really bring the pressure on me now. What, I, I'm telling you, you right? Title or bust. That is the way it goes around here. And I gave, like I said, he had the gods, the god squad. You tinker with it, right? Okay, you don't mess with perfection, right? Don't be giving me that. It's shocking. <laughs> All right, so I mean, here's here's an interesting point. I actually really disagree with title bust sort of thing. 
I think that more importantly than just trying to win a title, you want to be consistent, right? Mm, yeah. So I think for me, doing consistent in every single regular season ever is much more valuable than winning every single league, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's playoffs, right? It's single elimination. We saw Vepsis get hacked in the D-League finals, but he was clearly the most consistent coach there, you know, winning every single game. And I think that's really what separates the strongest draft league competitors from even the mediocre ones who might win a title here and there. Yeah, so. no, I totally, I, I totally agree, and I think both most draft league players do agree with that. Um, I don't think there's any dispute on it. Uh, if you're if you're regularly getting to playoffs in regular season, it's it's that consistency that makes you a good player. But when it came to die, though, right, it was title or bust. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's a specific scenario that you may have. Your- but I mean, what what was his record when he took over? I think he went. You, you were one and one. I was one and one because I choked against Hera. I was in the winning position. I choked much like Sakin against you there in the semifinals. And I I bet Vivid um, fairly comfortably, I would say. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but then you picked up a win in week number two against, you know, the strongest competitor in the entire league, Deathly I am. So I don't really, I can't really blame you. No, you know, so it's grand. I know, you know, no offense, but I, I had MPL as well. I had Sevi. Coming up on the horizon, it was a bit, a bit terrifying. That, that was brutal, yeah. You know, and the fact that he was going to free because I bet him earlier in the season, I was like, oh dear mother of God. <laughs> and uh, one final thing, I was uh, really disappointed Frosted didn't make play after, you know, barely getting in last season. I was actually hoping to battle her again, considering how great our first game was, but mm-hmm. I actually get to do that this weekend in another league that we will be discussing shortly, so mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. So that's going to wrap up for you, the discussion. Uh, when we come back in a couple of weeks' time, we will be discussing the finals and uh, follow up from it, what, uh, what we th- our thoughts are. Hopefully, we're talking with the champion. Uh, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, hey, if I lose, we can have the champion on here if you want. I'm down for that. Uh, look, if the, if the listeners want that, that's fine. But you're going to have to sit there and listen to me praise Vepsis and criticize you for that. I'm down. Like, if I lose, I deserve that. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> you heard it here for, uh, first, folks. That's where it's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Right. Okay, let's move on to our next topic. We're going to talk about the WBE next. Uh, I'll start off by saying I thought, again, it was another poor week in the WBE. Um, very, very uninteresting matches matches this week. It was very unfortunate. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of what we saw. Um, very similar to what we said last week. The, the coaches who have made playoffs, even though they're batting against each other, they're all hiding sets. So it's very hard to take those games seriously. Um, and the coaches in and around tr- uh, fighting for those playoff spots. I saw a few of those games. Uh, this, the talent like the talent level or the the play the play level uh, for them is like two or three steps below what the top level players are at. So it's kind of hard uh, to say it's been a good week when the top players are you know, not 100% invested in order to, because they want to hide sets and uh, players fighting for playoffs aren't as good as the top players. It's very difficult then to get invested. So it was very hard yeah. to uh, this week. Uh, standard-wise, I thought the quality was very poor. What did you think, Bud? Well, I don't know if you watched. There was one particular game. Did you watch um, A-Drive versus Wolf Click? I didn't because I saw the match and I was like, Wolfie, what, like, I just knew one of them would not be putting 100% into that game. And I was like... Okay, that's that's for sure true. Both of them actually were not putting in 100%. But there was a specific scenario in that game that I found very interesting. Mm-hmm. It was then assuming that the ex-Kidrill of Sandrush and tried to nail the kill with... I think it was his Mega Man next trick. But the point was, he lost a really crucial Pokemon to Scarf Excadrill. And I think that's one factor where a lot of players 
who are relatively inexperienced who might want to improve at. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Adrav's not inexperienced at all, right? He has three years about this. He's won multiple titles, mm-hmm. but you can't assume stuff. If you know that that Pokemon is important to you, as confident as you are that that Pokemon may be Sandrush or that Pokemon's probably not Choice Scarf, just, you know, this specific scenario as an example, mm-hmm. you should still switch out your Pokemon and mm-hmm. preserve that win condition. It's really not worth your time trying to, you know, just risk it. So mm-hmm. for those of you who caught that game, you probably know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's really what set Dan in the back foot that game because he had a Skarmory still alive, I think, at that point mm-hmm. that he could have switched into the Excadrill and he decided just to risk it all and it didn't pay off. Mm-hmm. I, I, just to kind of follow up on that point as well, I was watching uh, Mr. Talon versus Boffin because... Uh, yeah. Mr. Talon's playing for the playoff spot, so I said, "Look, I'll give this game a watch." And like as you were saying, like when you don't when you don't know a set, um, you like switch out, you know, make the safer play. And where and when I was watching on Mr. Talon's side, um, a lot of the time when he was making a switch, he he didn't really have an idea as to why he was making a switch, or he never really fully communicated as to what he was doing. Like he said, "Oh, I don't want to lose this Pokemon, so I'm going to make a switch here." Like he never. To me, like it never came across as to okay, why are you not switching this Pokemon, or why are you not going to sack this Pokemon, or why, like, what what's your game plan here? Why are you switching that Pokemon in? Because he's there and he doesn't know what his opponent's going to go for. He's just you know clicking the button and hope for the best. You, you know, I like as you were saying, if you're not sure about something and you have your prep done, make the safer play. Scout what your opponent is doing. You know, like there was one, like several times Jotun came in against Mr. Talent and he didn't know what Jotun was going to be doing. He didn't know if, if it was going to be Scarfed or what have you, or Specs. He's very, he was very confused constantly. You know, scout for that sort of stuff, guys, and see what's going on. Like, you can kind of tell off the first attack that Jotun does if it's going to be Specs because you can just do it in the damage calculator. And then you will have, oh, okay, this guy is Specs. Or this guy, or this guy's not Specs, he's something else because that didn't do Specs damage. You know, so a lot like what. Jelly was the same. Scout what your scout what your Pokemon's doing. Uh, once you know what their what their set is or what or what's going on with that Pokemon, then you can start uh, playing a bit more aggressively towards it. But if you're unsure, make the safer play and scout. Um, because I thought that was very that was very poor, and I think an awful lot of people who watch draft would watch this league and they watch some players like that and they just assume that's okay. That's not okay if you want to get better. You gotta you gotta be smarter with how you use your Pokemon and your full team. Exactly, yeah. 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 Um, I did watch Uzi's game. Did you watch Uzi's game in the WB? Uh, did you battle Kyle Was this a 6 0? This was the 6 0, yeah. I was watching it. Um, I I felt bad for Kyle because the score doesn't reflect the game. Um, Kyle was very unlucky with his healers. He was trying to get Charge Beam boosts, and Charge Beam just would never land for him. Uh, so, yeah. the 6, like. Uzi's going to win this game, right? Because Uzi just kind of blows Kyle back several times. But 6-0 is not an accurate reflection of this game. I would say 4-3-0 is probably more accurate. But like, I think it should definitely... Uh, there's a couple of things I want to highlight uh, this week. And I was like, uh, Uzi going um, from... What was it? 0-5 to 6-6 six and six, um, since he took over the team. Like we said once Uzi took over, that Uzi is a very highly skilled coach. And we wouldn't be shocked... Like, it's a really big ask, but we wouldn't be shocked to see him being pushed for playoffs. He's in the playoffs scene right now with a really good diff. So, that's so like to see that, I thought that that definitely deserves a mention. And I thought um, Joey's yeah, record sure. is still, despite the fact that he's playing safe with his sets now, 12 and 44, 12 and 0 with 44 diff is still incredible. 
Yeah, that's insane. Like, obviously, he has one of the best, you know, front office. It's a one-man front office, but it's insane how good that front office is. Mm-hmm. I think um, 44 differential is a really good representation of just how quality his plays are in combination with that those builds. That's mm-hmm. just... I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if he doesn't bring any good prep in Week 13 against Dan because they want to mask, you know, sets. Mm-hmm. He still wins that game just off of, you know, battling ability. Yeah, I think so. I would totally agree. I would totally agree. Um, I know. Right, do, do you want to talk about any other battles that you saw? Um, or... uh, not particularly. I definitely think just back to the whole Joey thing. Mm-hmm. One thing that I can really respect is he's he's pointed out multiple times that he has had multiple bad matchups in these final few weeks right here. Mm-hmm. And I think despite the fact that you know he's had those bad matchups, he's managed to come out on top, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a skill in itself. People say that okay, he's bad. You don't need to be good to beat him, but. The ability to consistently beat players who don't know what they're doing and not mess up even once is something that I think people underrate. And mm-hmm. I think that Joey has really shown off how well he can do that in these final few weeks here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's just a skill that you get over time. It's very difficult to, yeah. to just get good at that all of a sudden. That's just over time, experience, battling, practice. Yeah, like it's easy to identify an opponent who doesn't know what they're doing, but mm-hmm. when you can consistently beat them anyway, that's really you know, oh, yeah. just a skill that you will value because it's just free wins at that point right why who doesn't oh, yeah. want those oh exactly exactly massive it's insane yeah but uh, i think that's enough for wb I, I i want to ask you before we wrap up uh, yeah sure. I, i'm not i'm we're not going to bother with week 13 because like that, that's a dud i, I yeah. don't think we're going to bother with uh yeah exactly and i don't think we're going to bother with uh playoff uh permutations because we kind of touched on that last week and the standings haven't changed too much I kind of hope the standings stay the way they are because we really want to see Joy versus Uzi. Uh, I think that'd be a great matchup. <laughs> um, I think it's, Uzi's playoff spot is kind of on the line, though, because I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but WBE does head to head before differential, right? So the person who's below him, I think it's Bill, could very well take over Uzi if he wins his last two games because he has the head to head over Uzi. What? So it, it should be interesting. What? Serious? I'm, I'm serious, yeah. I'm pretty sure that. What? Game, ah. Game Boy Luke beat Sacred Fire in when they neither of them are coaches, so I, that I, guy has the head-to-head. Uh, that's that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I, I really hope that Uzi you know pulls through and maybe Bill loses a game, but oh, I don't know. That's just shocking. I, I what's the point of having Diff then? Oh, <laughs> I guess it's the third factor now. Right. I don't know. Oh, um, before we move on to WFW, I want to ask you. What were your overall thoughts on what is good and what has been bad with the WBE this season? Was this any aspect of it? So not the competition itself? Anything, like, absolutely anything. Absolutely everything. I want to know what you thought was good and what was bad about it. Because I feel like at the end of the regular season and when we come back, we're going to be talking about playoffs. I think this is probably a really good time to ask what do you think was good and bad about the WBE? So I'd say one of the big things is at the beginning of the season, people were really skeptical about holding a 28-man draft with, you know, the one roster, like just one draft pool. Mm-hmm. I think that it's really shown how, uh, how effective it can be. You don't need two different draft pools with two different divisions to have an effective draft and effective competition. We've seen so many unique ones just have so many great matchups. I think mm-hmm. the 10v10 format definitely opens up for a lot more creativity since there's not so much you have to prep for, so... Mm-hmm. That's something that I really valued a lot. I really hope we see more of mm-hmm. just bigger draft rosters and draft pools in general. But mm-hmm. what do you think? What are your you know sort of highs and lows regarding this? I thought uh, I I agree. I thought the draft pool uh, the draft pool worked out brilliantly. Uh, really, really big fan of that. 
so I would I wouldn't mind playing that format uh, sometime. That would be really, really good fun. Uh, so I definitely agree with you there. Um, I loved. Uh, I gotta give uh, WB huge credit in actually paying their uh, analysis or uh, what their their, their pundits. I'm gonna say pundit. Um, I gotta give them huge credit in paying their pundits. I thought that was uh, that was massive. I haven't seen any other league do that, so I was really big fan of seeing them do it. Um, I thought that was uh, that was a really good gesture. And it was really it was brilliant. Uh, and I would ho- I'd hope I like th- I would like to hope that a lot of the other bigger leagues will look to do that now. Uh, I'm mainly looking at the GBA here because they're probably the next biggest league that would produce as much punditry as uh, the WBE does. So I thought that was really good, and I was a really big fan of that. Um, I thought um, I, I I thought the pool was good, the draft pool was good. Um, I thought the schedule was a bit too long. I thought uh, 13 weeks is a bit too long for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, I would say that's definitely one drawback. That'd be one thing I change. Um, I would change the schedule. I know that you're playing everyone in your division once, but I would like to change the schedule a little bit. Uh, maybe even ten weeks. I think that would be nicer. And the other drawback is I felt that you could probably change half the coaches on this roster, and you would improve the quality of battling that we would get consider considerably. Um, I would say there's probably we have 28 coaches i would say about 14 of those you could easily improve on um uh for me when it comes to quality wise and i'm not just talking about quality of battle i'm talking about quality of battling and content i would say there's yeah. probably about there's definitely you know 14 coaches uh may uh, i'd be kind of i would say 10 i would say there's probably 10 coaches that you could definitely replace in my opinion and you can get a better player in for them and I think that would be something that I probably think they won't do if they when they come back for a new season. But I it would be something that I would like to I would like to see them do it because uh, I don't believe that you know a few of the po- a few of the coaches I see here are any are as are anywhere near as good as a lot of the other coaches that we look at and we cover on this podcast and in general in our own private private viewing like you know so. Um, that would be my biggest criticism towards WB. I think the coaching roster is very weak. Yeah, I'd say just from battling capability, like, you know, on itself, I was really disappointed when we saw four really strong competitors in one division and four really strong competitors in the other division because we all knew they were going to be the top four, Joey, Wolf, Dan, and I guess John in the sword division, and then we saw Gator and MV, Leo, and Kelly mm-hmm. in the shield division. Maybe... Mix up the competition a little bit more. Put maybe you know six or seven people who are really strong in the same division, and actually you know make people actually fight for the playoff spots instead of just having a commanding four. Yeah. And it's just a ton of middle people fighting for three spots up down there. I don't. Obviously, I don't, I don't mind the. Uh, I don't mind the four. I don't mind. Really, that. you don't. I don't. I, I thought I, it made it really boring. I thought. I, I thought in some cases it made it very boring, but for me, if you improved the other ten in that division, like. Uh, for instance, had Uzi been in the uh, Shield Division from day one, right? He's six and uh, well, yeah, six and one since he took over, or five and one. It's, but he's essentially like his win loss record is incredible, right? Since he took over, like yeah. you could argue, had he been there from day one, he'd probably be eight and four. So he'd be there with Kelly, and he'd be there with Leo fighting for the third, fourth seed. Um, so I think improving the roster in each division uh, would definitely be a huge benefit. Uh, to it like uh, and I think 
rather than trying to put like all the good uh, more good people in one division and the some of the other coaches in the other I would just improve the coaching roster overall I think because there's so many coaches that you can improve on you know yeah for sure I think and this is not going to happen at all but what would be really cool to see and what would even increase the stakes even more is if they said at the beginning of the season whoever doesn't make playoffs is getting relegated to a D league and whoever does gets to stay in main and then they filled in the new main roster with new people who might be more skilled than the people who are relegated that would have been really unique for you know a, a system I'm pretty sure I've only seen that in like smaller showdown leagues, so that yeah. could have been really cool. But I know for a fact yeah. that they don't care. I would be nice if, uh, if I'd say if bottom three in each conference, or each division. Yeah, maybe but, not the entire bottom half from each yeah. conference, but, but bottom yeah. three or four. Yeah, because I I I see the bottom three in each division at the moment. Like like you know like you could easily and I mean easily find better battlers. Like that's it's not difficult. Like you could easily yeah, really find better battlers. Like, it makes the like what obviously makes the league exciting is the competition, right? When you know going into a game, okay, this person's winning this week, it's a free win. Mm, yeah, that takes all the excitement out of it. It does, yeah. And it, like as we said, last two weeks has been very poor when it comes to quality content. So you know, I I think we're both on the same way then that something has to be done with the coaching roster because you know the daily, the top players are the top players, and everyone outside the top players are. Like not just one step below, there are two or three steps below, and that reduces the likelihood of an upset. Yeah, exactly. Like they're the the super top people. Then there's people two or three steps below, and then there's people like ten steps below from there. Oh, like yeah. people who literally don't care. They're memeing every week. They're forfeiting games. It's yeah, really it's, dumb. Yeah, and like we don't we, we don't want to see that. So yeah, I think I think they've done they've done an awful lot of good. Um, I mm-hmm. think it's be. I think they've been a. You know, it's been very good to see them do it. Um, very impressed that they paid opponents. I can't get over how good that is. But I think in general, I think the big criticism is their coaching roster is not strong enough. And I think yeah, they need to fix. Um, we're not gonna you know name people right. That would just be rude. But there are particular people who we really need to reconsider here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I I think I I would like to think that some of you guys listening will probably agree with that as well. But um. Yeah, well, I think we'll move on unless you got any other thoughts about the WBE before uh, we move on. That's really it. I think we covered pretty much the best highs, and I think that's the biggest low right there, just some of yeah. the coaches. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, okay, we'll move on. Um, I know we know we talk about the BBL. Um, I saw one game this week. Did you see any BBL uh, games this week? I also saw one. I watched Leo versus Ultra. And... Same. Same. Oh, you did? Okay, that, that works out because... So the one takeaway from that game for me is I'm really happy to see Ultra Player actually stepping up again. Obviously, had an inconsistent start, but mm-hmm. taking down a 3-0 coach was something that was sort of, you know, really revitalizing for him, I would imagine. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to see where he goes from here. But as for the match itself, I didn't really think there was too much special about it. What about you? I didn't think there was anything too much special about it. Uh, again, I agree with what you said. It was good to see uh, Ultra actually take a, uh, get a W and not just a W against a 3-0 coach uh, against the coach of Leo standing um, yeah. that's always com- that always boosts confidence no matter who you are like that could definitely push you on for another two weeks and give you a bit of form um, I thought the game wasn't anything crazy except for the fact th- actually the one thing I would say about the game was that I definitely felt a Leo true a bit I thought he yeah, I felt like he was like super like he didn't really see like seem like he was focusing on a game plan through entire thing he was just kind of pivoting pivoting around and hoping it would work out that's just how i felt yeah i i thought the exact same and i thought his um 
the, the big if you guys haven't seen it, i recommend go watch it but uh i think the big final nail in leo's coffin was when he just switched Mew, uh, his mewtwo y in on mega bomber snow like for free and you were looking i was like this like, is that's one of your biggest offensive threats like come on dude yeah like see like buddy uh like sack something if you're going to do anything and he's in a registeel there like registeel just sits in front of this thing and just goes at him like you know so i thought it was a bit crazy to think that he just assumed he had a free switch in and he there's no means he doesn't and then of course combination of woodhammer and ice shard picks mewtwo off and he's he's essentially lost the game at that point because he has no he has no comeback He's no way of dealing with uh, Scizor. Like, had he... Even if he had just sacked something and brought a Mewtwo Y, I think by, uh, at, even at that point in the game, he had a one because, uh, he, like, Ultra had no answer to Mega Mewtwo Y at that point. I'm pretty sure yeah. he would just... He could have either just sacked his alone Persian, brought a Mewtwo Y, and clicked buttons because he's he had the fire coverage and he had... And he had, of course, he had Psychic Stab and he had... He was up against two Mons that are, you know, jewelry to fire. So he was... It was nearly home dry, like you know. So I kind of felt Leo choked this game a big, a big bit because, as you said, he wasn't focused on any particular game plan. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're not trying to take anything away from Ultra because of we're saying Leo no. messed up. It was really cool to see him win again. But yeah, I really agree with everything that you said, Leo. This was not his strongest game, but I also think it was all one of Ultra's better games. So. Yeah, I thought I thought Ultra played very solid. And I thought I I did quite well, and I I I was impressed with how he. Kind of, I thought his Xerneas play was quite solid as well. I know everyone said uh, probably one big criticism was, oh, why do you want to give up Xerneas against Leo? But I thought the way that he was, he kind of didn't, he wanted to get chip on Registeel, and he was, because he knew that again, his chip on Registeel opened the door for his Scizor to win. I thought that was fairly intelligent, and I kind of agree with how he managed to get that chip off, and the way Leo played around it was shocking, like, so. Yeah, I think that, that's one thing that really annoys me. When people say, oh, this guy didn't outplay, really messed up. It takes skill to exploit the, you know, messing up of such a good player, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, Leo can mess up, but if Ultra doesn't capitalize on that, he's still going to lose. And yeah. that's what really annoys me when people say, okay, you know, Ultra didn't do anything. Leo just completely screwed up this battle. Oh, yeah. Oh, look, um, I, t- I, I totally agree with you there. I thought Ultra did very, very well. Up on, uh, it was just, uh, and definitely up onto the point where, you know, he had Leo there, uh, like um, he had Leo at one point uh, with the Obama Snow like he I got hired very well in an awful lot of good situations probably I didn't like how Leo he, he, like Leo managed to get the three spikes up with Quillfish as easy as he did I thought Ultra yeah. was a little bit better there um, but in general like I, I a lot of stuff that Ultra did I kind of agree with because I was like okay if Scizor's going to be the win con here you need to weaken down this register by any means necessary and you haven't seen leftovers on this thing so just go for it I don't blame him for doing that and you know, he ended up putting a bomb in front of a load of Persian. Leo had to do something. Something was going to drop or something was going to get a big hit. Leo just made the wrong decision. So he ultra put Leo into position to make the mistake. So I get what you mean. Like, Ultra definitely did, yeah. definitely did a lot of good work. Um, I didn't see any other BBL action other than that. Yeah. Um, I didn't catch any others either. So I think we can leave it off for there I, this week. Yeah, I think we definitely leave it off. But guys, if you go check them out. We're going to move on. To a new league. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, with the UBL kind of wrap it up. We're going to feature a new league on the show, called, uh, and it's going. It's also going to be uploaded onto this channel. Our very own OP channel is going to be in it. It's going to be the Eon World Tournament. Thank you for the question. Trophy. Yeah. Oh, tro- <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> 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 I 
That is wait, wait, wait. Let me check that. Let me make sure I'm correct before I'm correcting you and I'm around. Oh my okay, god. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm correct. No, it's true. Oh my god. Right. Um, but they're starting up now. Uh, few coaches of note that you guys may know of. Of course, we have our own OP Jellison here. Uh, Automatic, uh, who's in the WB and, of course, one of the members of the UBL. Vepsis, which we were just talking about. Fro uh, Frost is in it. Uh, Under the Radar, Kelly is in it, uh, which is very good. And. Uh, I believe those are the notable ones that those, people, those, at least who are watching this, might know. Of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, those would be main notable ones. The other ones, I, 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 like you, you and I would know of from being in the, from being in the what's it called the social circles. I was totally stumbled over what I was going to say there, but yeah, 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 yeah being in that scene long enough that we would know. Of. But those would be the main ones to note, you guys. Um, Otto asked us on Twitter between the two of us, who do you think is going to win the? EWT and uh, and like and can I, I go first? Know, I was going to say, buddy, that what we should uh, we say who's going to win, but also say who sh who we think is going to make playoffs. All right, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's cover all of it then. Yeah, uh, I'm going to let you go first. All right, so I'm going to be honest here, and this may disappoint some of you, especially if you are following the league over here. I'm not putting in as much effort as I would like to for this EWT season as I did in UBL. I'm going to be completely transparent with that. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Like, I, uh, I genuinely am disinterested in putting in so much effort before the end of the generation again. Uh, and not as many people understand uh, that. But uh, for that reason, I'm not going to include myself anywhere in the playoff race here. I'm going to talk about everybody else. Uh, not a fan. Not a fan. Dislike. I, I knew you would. I knew you would not be a fan of that, but like I just put in so much work in the UBL, I don't think I want to do that again. Dislike, so. dislike, you know. Non -player, With that aside, non-player, you know, that's it. Only in it for the glory. Boo. Boo. All right, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna win every other game now just because you did good. this. Good, good. That's it. That's what I want to hear. That's it. I'm, I'm trying hard in every single game now just because good. you did this to me in this call. Good. Good, good, delighted. Now, when I still go like one and seven, don't, don't, you know, at me, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not <stuck. laughs> Um, As for who I think is going to make playoffs, I'm putting myself in there now. Yeah. Um, I think that Frosted, McFrost, easily a playoff contender in this league. Yeah. Um, Vessis, obviously, no, no question about it. Yeah. Uh, Kelly, Kelly, I easily see making playoffs. Uh, Maryland or Terrapins, WBE guy, in case you guys. Don't know who Kelly is. Yeah. Um, do you know who Shuckle King is? Coach of the Philadelphia Abs. Uh, the Philadelphia I do not know him. All right. Well, I've heard good things about him, and I've actually seen him around the A-Drive Army Battle League doing consistently. I want to say that's what it was. So I'm going to put him up there. Uh, right. let's, let's assume it's 6 out of 12, right? That would be logical. Yeah. So how, how many do I have right now? I have myself, Frosted, Kelly, Vepsis. And Shuckle King. So I have one more. Huh? Um, I'm going to say John Jr., coach of the Portland Nightshaders. I've seen him do... Like, the thing is with John, I've seen him do very well, and I've also seen him do very bad. Now, I know for a fact he's not one person who likes to be judged by people who don't really know his battling capabilities. So mm -hmm. for, all, for all I know, there's other factors that went to those bad seasons. But I'm going to give it to him, just because I think this is going to be one of the stronger seasons. So, what about you? So you don't think Otto's going to make playoffs? I, I I feel rude saying that because you know he invited me. In. Oh well, but look, it's I, he he asked the question. Do you think Otto's yeah, gonna make playoffs? 
I, I don't. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't see Otto making playoffs. With why, why do you think he's not going to make playoffs? Well, okay, obviously I'm going to be biased from the one battle that I had with him. There were glaring flaws that I saw in that battle. He let me weaken the two most important Pokemon that were stopping my win condition like 10 turns in. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're letting stuff like that happen, it shows your inconsistency, and I don't see that making playoffs with this roster. Okay. Uh, even though he actually has a solid roster, though. Yeah, he, he has a really good team. Um, don't get me wrong, but I, I don't see him executing it the way it should be. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Now, I mean, it's all for him to prove me wrong, but th those are just my thoughts. Mm. Okay. I don't, I, 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 no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I do think Otto, um, I think Otto, Otto's prep is very good, but I, I get what you mean that sometimes his execution lets him down a little bit, but I think his prep is very, very good. But now he has a massive front office. So if his prep wasn't very yeah. good, I'd be asking some serious questions. But I get where you come from. I get where you come from. Um, yeah. I think who will make playoffs here? I think yourself. I think Vepsis. I think your two, uh, two shoe-ins right there. I think Frosted will. I think Kelly will. I think those would be the top four, if I'm being honest. I'm really liking yeah. them as the top four. Um, I think for at least you, those are the four who... You know, you know the best, and you know we're going to make it in. Yeah, like. I, I'm very confident in those four. Um, I don't know who uh, Obio is. I'm not too familiar Obo, with yeah. him, but I love his roster. I think he's got a very solid roster. I think it's going to be a nightmare for people to deal with. The fact he's got Infernape, uh, Zygarde, Mega Mawile, Reuniclus, um, and Rodan Wash all together, I think that's going to be very difficult. Now, it's a bit shallow, I will admit. Um, to have a Clef like Clefairy isn't exactly the best mon going, but and warmer than Sandy isn't great. But he has got Weezing there as and Mill Tank as low tier bulk, and that's very hard bulk to get. And he has got a good plethora and the speed tier, so I'm, I like some of the bits and pieces he's got. So I think he's gonna be a bit tricky to deal with. And if, um, I don't, I, oh, is he gonna make playoffs though? Will he make mm. playoffs? I don't know. Oh, I'm starting to doubt myself now because John Jr. has got a very nice team too. Oof. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I really think John Jr. just has a better cap. Uh, like he, he's really consistent at times and I don't see Otto just ever achieving that consistency even close. So. Oof. Oof. Harsh. Harsh but true words hey. coming from Jenny over here. Harsh. I don't, I think Otto, I think Otto when, he, when he plays at his best he's very difficult. He, like, he's top tier like. So it's very difficult. Very, very difficult. Um, oh, I don't know who would make the other two slots, if I'm being honest. Uh, you don't have to You don't have to do it now. Maybe yeah. four weeks in, if you want to yeah, judge I'm, based I'm, on the inconsistency. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's hard, because I know uh, Marlott is there the, for the Slovenian Slowbros. He can be brilliant, yeah. but uh, uh, dead baffling at the same time. He can also he can also pair a full pair of you and completely rob you of a game. That's a thing that can happen. <laughs> But it's salt. Alright, I like it. I like it. Um, I don't know John Jr. enough to be able to uh, be too comfortable saying him, even though I do like his roster. I think his Steel Fairy Dragon Core of Celestia, Clefable, and Zardex is terrifying. And he's got rapid spinners for days. Uh, actually, I'm going to put John Jr. up there. I like his roster. I'm going to have him as probably the sixth person to get the seed. I don't know who's. Who did you get fifth to again? I know you gave it to Kelly for us, did Vepsis and me, but who was I, the fifth? I, I don't know who will get fifth, but I don't. I just. Because I don't know John Jr. well enough, I'm not comfortable saying he's going to get fifth, but I think he'll get sixth because his roster is that good. Um, All right. Fair enough. I, and I'm not. I'm going to. Just, I'm going to say Otto's going to get fifth. I think Otto will get fifth. 
Um, I'm comfortable. Do you think Otto? Okay. I, I, actually, I, I, I really hope. Go on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really hope you're right. To be honest, that would be really cool to see. But I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, but that's uh, what's called. That is our next. Oh God, that, that's the next upcoming league that we're going to be discussing, guys. Uh, definitely stay tuned for that on this channel. Uh, as you heard here, yeah. OP is going to be trying hard in this league to win, uh, which is what we want to hear, you know. <laughs> I got to bring home at least one title for the for the Corn Forces, whether that's it's it. UBL, or, I mean, even though I'm not uploading that here, yeah. or EWT. Yeah. You got, yeah, I got to yeah. win one. Yeah. Listen, if, if they need a coach come like the end of September, early October, you tell Otto to give me a ring and... I'll slide in and I win a few games and bring a trophy home. I got you. Don't worry. Just, you, just, you will be the replacement. Just, just say it, like you know, and I, I, and I'll get to the final against Vepsis and I'll beat Vepsis and I'll prove to you what I was saying earlier on. I'll be, I'll be, I'll beat him. You know, hands down, job done. Yeah, and if you do that without a roster you've been drafted this time, that's even a bigger. That yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You know, what's Vepsis? Why is he? You know. Nothing. Right. I'm about to prove what's Vepsis this weekend. It's going to be great. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. UBS Finals. Brilliant. Okay. Before I wrap up the show, I know, guys, it's a bit of a longer episode, but as, as we said, it's going to be a while before we're going to be back again, so we, we wanted to get as much content for you guys as we possibly could. Um, we do have some Twitter questions from you guys. Uh, thank you guys so much for submitting them. We got a good few from Otto, uh, which is what we want to see. The more questions we can get, the better, because this makes this segment of the show way more fun. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm going to start for you, Jenny. Otto asks, what do you believe is the ideal draft league length? So I'm going to assume he means by the regular uh, season schedule. What do you think is the yeah. ideal uh, league length? Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to say the answer that I think a lot of people are going to agree with. Mm. 10 weeks. I think that's perfect. Yeah. It's not too short. I think eight weeks is like abnormally short. I don't like that at all. Yeah. Obviously, I'm playing in a couple of eight week leagues right now, but... Mm. I think 10 weeks is enough to actually get to enjoy the roster you're using while still having the chances to make up for, you know, mm -hmm. lost games, whether it's due to hacks or just misplays mm -hmm. and, you know, still earn your playoff spot. Yeah. So I'm going to go with 10. What about you? Yeah, I agree. 10. Uh, a lot of what you said, I agree with. The only thing I like about 10 is that um, normally if you have 10 weeks, you uh, by, uh, your trade deadline is like week 8. And I really like that because if uh, normally you always, like, I find if you, if you see a weakness in your team and you don't, you might not want to make the change immediately, but around week eight, you want to make this, the quick change so that it's short up for the, uh, for playoffs. If you've made playoffs or if you're in a contention for playoffs, whereas I feel like in a eight week league or something around there, your trade deadline is week six. And I find it's very difficult to find a, or to know what weaknesses are in your roster after six weeks and to really know what you need to fix. Because a lot of the time you might just notice, Oh, okay. I've had two bad weeks. This is kind of something that's been exploited. And, you know, if you have more time to kind of analyze it and figure out what, what's the best way to fix it, I feel that's better. And then you also get more time to enjoy the roster that you drafted rather than uh, immediately trying yeah, to exactly. fix it. So I think 10 weeks uh, would be my ideal draft league length as well. Maybe even nine. I like nine too. I, but I think anything over 10, you're just taking the mick a little bit. So I think that would be yeah. my one. I think, I think nine is a really odd number, but I've seen it done before, you know, nine-week leagues go five and four. I played in a nine-week league myself, IBLD league, which um, I really enjoyed that season. Just, you know, because you would, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> we don't mention that part. That, that wasn't important, Irish. Oh, uh, well, like, you know, for the viewers, you know, a bit of context, why you enjoyed it so much. <laughs> oh. Yeah, um, but the league, um, 
week number like specifically since that we're focusing on i think nine's really odd i would play in the nine week league again but that's just me okay perfect okay no worries but that's that's that would be our yeah. take on it um auto also asked what do we believe was the worst spin-off meta in gen 7 for draft league so little cup tier three and below multiple drafts uh ubers etc um i'm gonna take this one first go ahead i thought the worst one was the multiple drafts that the APA did. I'm not a big fan of Little Cup either. I don't think Little Cup works. I uh, saw one Little Cup draft league and it just fell on its head. I uh, don't think Little Cup uh, works from an entertainment nor a competitive standpoint. I think people get sick of Little Cup after three or four weeks and they want to go back to regular Mons. Um, but I find the multiple draft one is probably the worst one because it's very hard then for you to get fully invested in a team. Um, because and to re and to refall over what you're using because you have to change your team every four weeks. Um, the effort of having to draft every four weeks is humongous. So every yeah. like have to refresh every four weeks. You have to go to your uh, if you have someone helping you draft, you have to go to them and say, oh by the way, I got to go draft again for this league. It's very very difficult. Then you got to pick, you know, the best Pokemon out of those three out of those three drafts that fit into a playoff team. I didn't. I I think it's just too many. Uh, too many uh, cooks in the kitchen, if you are, in my opinion, and it's just too complicated. And I think from a view, it's hard to get invested because when you kind of watch a coach, you kind of watch them for the coach, the battling, their entertainment value, and of course, how they're doing with their team. And if you're really enjoying how a coach uses one or two particular Pokemon, you don't want to see him not use it. So I think that's my that's my least favorite one. I think that's, and for me, the worst spin-off man that I saw. What about you? All right, well, you know, I, I was thinking about this while you were talking, so this would be really funny, at least if you had to a little cup multiple drafts. Oh, <laughs> so, oh my god, no. I, I'm going to head up the APA and make that happen and no. force you to play in it. That's, um, <laughs> no, 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 don't All right. do that. No. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a nightmare. But for me, I, I really hate tier three and below. I'm pretty sure, was it? It was only P4G, at least for the big leagues that did this, right? Mm -hmm. Tier 3 and below. I hate the idea of removing the biggest threats that make the draft format so entertaining. Why would you remove stuff like Kieran Black, Fun Bound, Mega Pixar, and just make it... Obviously, it does add diversity, right? You can see a lot of lower stuff used, but I, I don't think the value is there at all when you take away all the entertainment. I thought... Um, I think it was made to keep things fresh for players um, because... Yeah. You know, a lot, a lot of coaches get bored of the same thing and they want something fresh and and whatever. I actually, t I enjoyed, whenever I watched the tier three below, I enjoyed it. I really dug it. Uh, you got, uh, as you said, you got to see a lot, a lot of cool stuff. I saw Root in one league, he was tier three and below. He never used, he drafted Kingler, never used on the playoffs and then he used the playoffs and he just killed things with it, with agility, crab hammer. It was insane. Um, <laughs> so being able to see that was crazy. Um, so bear so see those kind of stuff is really good fun so i'm a fan of tier three below yeah I, I like that but i feel like if you really want to show off the potential level of your pokemon don't dumb down the meta for them actually bring those pokemon to the full meta and see whether you can actually pull it off or not that's a lot more entertaining than just putting it just limiting the draft pool so these pokemon actually have a chance show that they actually have a chance anyway i'll, I'll tell you what you use kingler sometime now and start sweeping teams with it that's I, I will do a Kingler OU live just for you, and I will win every game. Love it. Love it. Now, I don't want you to start editing out your L's now, by the way. I want to see that. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I want you to, I've literally only edited out five L's in my entire videos. 
Um, they were all they were all stall games. They were all over think. fifteen minutes, and they were not worth the beer. Yeah, to, to be fair, their their cancerous. No one wants to see that. <laughs> yes, but I, I will. Uh, I can even not cut out the in between with my King Alert team if you would like. <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see it now. I want to see it. I will try. I will try to my best to make that happen before Thank the you. end of the generation. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Thanks, man. Thank you. <laughs> all right, but I think that's not it, right? We have more. No, we have two more. We have two more. Um, yeah. last this is the last one by Otto. He asked them. Um, who do we like to see Pixelate, Aerodate, um, those, those various different abilities being nerfed further? What do you think about that, bud? Even more than 1.2? I feel like you're just making those Pokemon unviable at that point. What's mm-hmm. the what's the issue with 1.2? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't see the issue either. And I, for me, I I kind of like what they are at the moment. I would maybe prefer it if it wasn't such a hefty nerf because I feel that uh, Mega Pinsir uh, struggled a lot this Jade with the nerf and I don't understand why because Mega Pinsir is such a monster regardless but uh, people just got turned off by it and I feel like if you nerf it even further um, Sylve- Sylveon won't be as popular uh, Mega Pinsir will be less unpopular uh, and Mega Pinsir is still going to be Ubers there's no doubt about yeah, that yeah like that, that's not going to change Mega Altaria is still going to be a yeah I mean, so, BL. You, you know so I, I feel like I, I don't want to see those being nerfed any further I I, I kind of like where they are at the moment. I maybe would prefer if they weren't nerfed at all. Maybe. Because, uh, you know, it would have been nice to have seen Mega Pinsir shine a bit more in this meta. I thought it would, it would have been a monster. I think it still can shine. I just don't think it's, it's given enough love. But for me, I, I like where they are right now. Yeah. I think for me, and this is not going to happen at all, but if they made it so that Refrigerate and Aerialate specifically are 1.3 and... Pixelate is 1.2. That would be ideal because then we get to see Pokemon like Mega Glalie and Mega Pinsir mm. really have their full potential in their respective tiers again. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. Pokemon like Sylveon and Mega Altaria aren't touched at all. So that would yeah. be nice. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's a really good idea because uh, Mega Glalie, I suffered massively from this. Massively. Yeah. I totally forgot about Mega Glalie, but Mega Glalie's punching power is abysmal without that. And that really exactly. suffered. It's gotten to the point where people are only using it for spikes and explosions. That's all people do. That's it. Um, Slacking had it as his mega for the UBL, and he even said that all he uses for is after testing it out several times, and he didn't bring it at all for a long time in the UBL until the end of the regular season just to test it. And he said, all oh, this thing is spikes, explosion. That's it. Yeah, that's that's literally all it does. I mean, it has some natural bulk to back up that role, but if you really get to that power boost again, mm. imagine how nice it could be. Could be it, yeah, it could be a lot more viable and maybe a bit more fun to use. So... Yeah, yeah, I don't want to see that ner- and nowhere near nerfed again. Don't yeah, do if it. anything, buff a couple of them. That's, yeah, that's a, we're, we're... yeah I, I think so. I agree with you there. Uh, final question before we wrap up the pod. Uh, thoughts on competitive Pokemon for Sword and Shield? At, uh, BB asked that over on Twitter. Uh, we've been, so, we, we, we touched this a few times. Um, yeah. Do you want to take this one? It's, it's, it's a weird question because we've already elaborated on a lot of points on this. You know, we've... I, it, I could obviously just, you know, rant about the dex cut again and obviously talk about how that's going to, mm-hmm. you know, cause a lot of the lower tier Pokemon to shine in the current meta. But I think beyond that, what other aspects of competitive would really be affected by this? I think the, obviously, um, the uh, sorry to come across hmm? I think the big probably change and positive change we're going to see uh, at the moment, like we don't know about Dynamax, we don't know how that's going to affect it. Uh, yeah, that's we, right. We, we assume it's a positive change, but one thing that we know that will make a change is the ejector pack where if when your stack gets dropped you 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 get a free switch that's going to be a huge change because draco meteor leaf storm all those kind of moves become so much more viable now 
Um, and it gives you momentum. So you could free drop a Draco, someone will switch in, eat that hit, and then you get to switch out. So you can keep all your momentum. So that becomes a huge change. And depending if this is a one-use item only, uh, like red card, or if this is a um, or, or focus ash, or if this is an item that get, constantly gets used, that that'll dictate the positive change on it. But I think that'll be uh, that'll be a huge change to competitive Pokemon for Sword and Shield. I could see it. Yeah, the fact that you could drop such a heavy attack and get your Pokemon off the field before such a big win condition has to take any damage is mm -hmm. really valuable. I'm excited to see how that affects the meta. True. There was one other item, the Trick Room one. I think it was called the Room Service. Correct room Service, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see how that functions too. We've already discussed this, but it's it's really going to be in VGC. That's the biggest thing in yeah. doubles format because you can set Trick Room with one Pokemon and have the other Pokemon with the Room Service slow down and Yep. There you go. Easy yeah. combination. Easy. But Simple. It's not going to get any uses in singles, but I don't know. If I, if I decide to play VGC or if I decide to watch some VGC content next year, I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah, same as. Same as. And I think yeah. as we see more Sword and Shield news come out, we'll be able to kind of like flesh, flush out what our thoughts on competitive Pokemon would be. Because um, we just don't know enough yet. I think that's the, yeah. the fact of it. Um, when Normally the big swing from when you know how it's going to... Um, uh, what like what we're going to see for competitive Pokemon is normally when you get uh, whoever does the data mining for the game uh, when stuff like that get, gets leaked and you can start seeing some stats and you can see what we're really working with when it comes to the new mods what have you that's when you can really kind of get a grip as to where the Smogon ladder is going to go and all that kind of good stuff so it'd be more interesting around then to know what's going to happen on, or unless we're, we get new Pokemon being announced to us so until then we don't really exactly. know, we, we can't really answer that question in more detail uh, but looking forward to we seeing got more news tonight. So yeah. yeah, we got more news tonight. Maybe we'll see something new. That'll exactly, be cool. exactly. For those who are listening now, we're recording Wednesday. It's coming out Thursday. Just, just to clarify. Just to clarify. Yeah. So like, you guys will already know what you know what's up by the time you're seeing this. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's it. Uh, apologies again for the meeting podcast, you guys. It's just we, with us not being able to record for a couple of weeks, we said we get a nice uh, meeting one in there for you guys. Um, definitely let us know what you guys uh, thought about the podcast today let us know what you guys thought about hot take uh your thoughts on the various different draft leagues that we uh, that we discussed your thoughts yeah, and opinions next, on the twitter questions that we had uh next time we're out here i will either be uvl champion or mm. the the nothing runner up which i happen to disagree with but we'll see listen, look, listen i just said one person had to be title of us right i didn't say everybody, everybody. just you know one person so, yeah. all right i mean I'm, I'm gonna win so it's fine good but... Mighty. <laughs> All right. But yeah, that'll be interesting to look into next time we're out here. But exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think we're good. I think we're good, guys. So on that note, we're going to wrap it up here today. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. And I'll see you next time. Later.